This episode of Blitz is brought to you by Rip Curl's Mirage Activate Board Short. On sale today. This is Mick Fanning's secret weapon. The ultimate compression liner board short. Developed by the three-time world champ, Mick. He's that fucking good Fanning. And WSL co-medical director and sports medicine specialist, Dr. Tim Brown. The targeted technology within the board short helps you surf stronger for longer. It works by activating core surfing muscles to balance power, posture, and joint alignment. The firm yet flexible fit also offers rash protection, decreasing lactic acid buildup. This all amounts to board shorts that let you perform at a higher level and recover faster. I was struggling with tight hips and a little lower back stiffness, explains Fanning, about why he sought out the tech during his three times world title campaigns. I finally got my hands on a pair of the liners, put them on, went for a surf, and instantly it felt like someone had grabbed my butt cheeks and lifted them together and made them real perky. What that did was ease up on my whole back. The looseness that I felt in my mid and upper back, I went surfing and didn't have any stiffness whatsoever. Are you kidding me? Bodies that lift your butt cheeks and make them perky? Woo! Get me some of that gear. When you put these shorts on, it almost feels like someone has grabbed you from behind and given you a good old lift, continues Dr. Tim Brown. Really helps to align the body and it helps to make your body feel more powerful. And in fact, it helps your performance the first time you put them on. Other technical features include hydrophobic quick dry coating, body mapping silicon grip, rash free fly mesh, a surf grip waistband, secure lock draw cord, aerotech outer shell, and recycled Mirage Pro fabric. Fucking get that in here. <laughs> Ah, the shorts come with a 30-day performance guarantee where you can return them for a full refund or credit if you're not 100% stoked with how they work. Head to your closest Ripcurl store or board short stockist to try some on and feel the difference or check them out online. Ripcurl.com <laughs> Get those perky cheats, tweet! The Ripcurl Mirage Activate is available for the first time ever today. And don't forget, you can sign up to Club Rip Curl while you're there. Rip Curl, mate, blitzed, ATS, perky as a motherfucker up in here. Competition surfing, rashes, oh, yeah, baby, I can't get Nerdism. Hello, mate. Greetings, Ryan Callanan, Bell's Beach runner-up and holder of the mini bell, the mini taco bell. Tiny little bell. How good's that little bell? <laughs> it's so sick. Hey, I didn't know they gave them out. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I've only been to 10 Bells comps, but yeah, fuck, I just... <laughs> <laughs> don't ever remember someone uh, claiming the tiny bell, but I'm frothing someone was claiming the tiny bell because that thing's sick. Yeah, I'm stoked. Mate, how are you feeling right now? Best uh, result since you got a runner-up to Julian back at the Quick Pro France in 2018, I believe, and uh, surely one of the best performances of your career. Yeah, for sure. Um, it actually, yeah, it's been a while since I'd even cracked the quarters to be honest so um just to you know break that kind of 
I don't know, that rhythm, I guess you'd call it, and just to be able to get a bit deeper into the event after I made it past that ninth round, it was just, yeah, I felt like a bit of a pressure came off and they told me I made the cut, which also <laughs> relieves a lot of pressure. Um, so, yeah, I was I was stoked to just kind of put a few heats together and get some big scores and, and take a few scalps. Mate, no bigger scalp than John in the semi. And, uh, I mean, you talk about pressure, needing two scores with less than 10 minutes to go. You get the numbers. Incredible clutch performance. Talk us through that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, John's the the best surfer in the world, really. Um, and, you know, Bell's his record's unbelievable. So, I mean, those conditions, it's probably not the conditions I thought I'd be <laughs> doing at Bell's, but... um. You know, if it if the waves were of some substance or a bit more bells bowly or something, it could have been a different story. But I felt like it it kind of went in my favour a bit when it got smaller. But you know, he's still unbelievable in every condition. But I was I was pretty confident and happy to just you know be in the semis, let alone against John, and to have an actual shot and put on a good performance and take him. That actually, that kind of felt like a final to me. I was actually got a bit emotional after it, just cracking that final and beating him was was super special. Amazing, man. And uh, yeah, the big backside air rev, you're one of the best guys in the world at that maneuver. Where where did that one rank in the pantheon of Arkell's skits, backside, corked out rotations? Probably didn't even make the top 100, did it? (laughs) Uh, Probably not, no. (laughs) But um, I don't know. It's it's, Winky was, I was finding it so tricky all week. It, It was so hard to get speed to do anything kind of like explosive or any kind of rotation or anything. And that, that wave actually, I thought I completely fucked it. I did the first turn and I got caught behind. I went, oh, no, this is not looking good. And it just kind of set me up to get a perfect little runway and get enough speed to pop something. So I hadn't actually landed anything, I feel like, for <laughs> a couple of weeks. So just to have that section that come and, and when I had the speed and hit it, I, it all felt pretty pretty perfect. So it was, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just to do a manoeuvre like that when you need a score – kind of in the semi is, is it's always going to feel good even if it's not you know the best maneuver you've ever done still pretty skits though oh man as we all know you've, you've got that just that crazy technique and that ability to really cork it out and get inverted and uh i mean not only that man you you landed it so clean and uh ripped off another couple of snaps straight after how important is it at that level not to just to you know pull a maneuver like that but then be able to ride out and, and rip off a couple more turns yeah for sure i mean to be honest it actually felt like a bit of redemption too i, I had a heat last year against italo at bells and i did a pretty big air in the bowl at and um, landed it and then <laughs> went to do my next turn and just completely fumbled and <laughs> fell over the handlebars, um, which could have, you know, changed my whole season then. And so for this one to just come together and backside, I feel like it's a bit easier to keep your feet in the same spot. So just to land and come out and not have to shuffle my feet around and, and just be ready to go back into turns, it like obviously makes such a big difference. You see so many guys just doing one big air and, and getting a score, but if you can link it into something else, it, it's definitely, you know, it can push the numbers pretty high. Wow. Yeah. That is redemption, man. Cause yeah, uh, that, that loss at Bell's cost you in the end, ultimately, didn't it? You end up not making the cut on the back of that. And uh, which was yeah a heavy thing because you, you you're on the comeback trail your surfing is amazing but it just freak man it's uh it's cutthroat out there <laughs> I know every heat's so important it's so crazy just 
you know, even just winning your first round and then make that round of 32 feels like the hardest round ever. It's kind of after that, it feels a bit more like a result, like a, a keeper for the cut anyway. Um, probably not for the top five, but yeah, I guess my, my goal just leading into the season was to make that cut and be on the back half of the year. And so, you know, every heat's so important. You've got to put everything into each one. It's crazy watching that round of 32, man. You're just seeing so many stacked heats. Like, it's gotten to a point now where pretty much everyone in that round of 32 generally is a potential event winner or, or finalist. So, yeah, it, there's a real logjam of talent at the elite level at the moment. Yeah, it's crazy. The... um. For sure. I mean, the tour is just phenomenal. I, I feel like a few years ago, I, I don't know, maybe it wasn't definitely wasn't a different, um, like a different level or anything. There was still the top guys and everyone was really good. But now it just feels like everyone you come up against has like something pretty spectacular. And the depth is just crazy. Like you could get someone that's at the back of the rankings and they just could still demolish anyone. So got to be on your game all the time. Mm, that's really how it feels watching it. I mean, what is the factor that separates, you know, people that, uh, in that round of 32? It, it's so crucial. And uh, as you said, like there's, there's so many guys with, with X factor in the draw, but you know, I guess uh, that there's something that's separating the weed from the chaff, so to speak. Yeah. I have no idea exactly what it is. I feel like, um, you know, I could say it's tactical and just being surfing more heats and the confidence of those guys in the top five is just like the confidence to surf the way they do every single wave is phenomenal. Um, and then tactically put it into a heat and, um, you know, get like make sure they're on the best waves and still doing that surfing is like it's it must like it's it's a, it's on another level. So it could be tactically, but then you see someone like Kalohe who. I personally think tactically is one of the best guys on tour and he's even at the back of the rankings now. Um, so it just can flip so easy. Yeah. Confidence, man. Far out. It's a, it's a grift. What do they call it? It's a, yeah, it's just like almost like a, a, a mental or psychological ointment that you rub on yourself and then it's just gone the next moment. And uh, <laughs> it's just this elusive thing, but it makes all the difference at that level, isn't it? Just being able to just surf on intuition and, and flow and, and not really have to think too much. I mean, I feel like as soon as you're thinking, uh, you, you've almost lost. Yeah, absolutely. It's Yeah, I guess it's just trying to block everything out and just focusing on that wave and, you know, the best surfing you can do on that wave. But the definitely the thinking part of it comes in. You need a four and you're surfing it for an eight. Like, where do you, <laughs> you draw the line? But, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess they just know how to do it and they do it a lot more often than, than the other guys. But, yeah, hopefully it kind of starts clicking for me a bit like that. Mate, Bell's one of the most satisfying events uh, for an Australian surf fan in a long time. An absolute green and gold rush. All Aussies on the podium. And uh, yourself up against your old mate, Ethan Hewing, in the final. Uh, mate, talk us through it. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty special for sure. I mean, just to have all Aussies on the podium was crazy. I feel like that, that doesn't rarely ever happens and in australia too the, the crowd was just nuts it was so sick but yeah paddling it out cd um i've obviously done a lot of trips with him through billabong and stuff over the years and, and become quite close staying in hawaii with him a few times and um 
yeah, we had a bit of a moment before the final started where we just looked at each other and we just went, how good's this? <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, man, it's a win-win. Um, and, I mean, it was obviously a special event for him as well, like with his mum winning 40 years prior. Uh, obviously, I you don't really know those things going in and you're hoping to win. But, I mean, after hearing that, it was pretty pretty special for him to take that win and, and you know, I feel like he's really fulfilling his potential as a surfer and he's he's one of the best to watch in my eyes and one of my new favourites. Jeez, he's good. Yeah, an unprecedented moment in surfing history. I, I was caught me completely off guard, had no idea. And uh, just a, a remarkable achievement, a mother and son winning the same event 40 years apart. That, that's crazy stuff. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Mate, any other moments in this event that uh, really stood out for you in terms of just momentum shifts or, or, or stepping stones to getting to the final? Um, I didn't feel like there was anything in particular the whole week, to be honest. felt like a lot of things were just going my way, even non-surfing-wise, just like, I don't know, I just everything felt good and like it was just feeling right. And then I guess that uh, Griffin heat was pretty pivotal, you know, he's just, I feel like he's been on fire every event, just dropping huge scores and then to be scratching around for fives and him needing a five and me not getting around and him still not getting it. I feel like that was a real, you know, just a big moment in in, in the event for me, um, just to break through that quarters and beat, you know, one of a top five guy that's been probably one of the standouts for the last two or three years. Um, that felt pretty pretty amazing yeah i mean it's about time you got the rub because looking at your your year so far <laughs> two ninths uh and now runner up from four events but you know all your losses have come against top quality opposition you lost to the uh, eventual runner-up uh, at portugal and current world number one jack robinson uh is he, did he still hold on to the leaders jersey after bells I believe he did no he went did. to jail oh it's at jail right sorry we'll yeah. uh Former world number one. He was then the world number yeah. one anyway. Yeah. Jack Robbo in yeah. Portugal. And, uh, yeah, lost to Caio twice, um, who's ranked just below you at seventh. And, you know, that guy is an absolute grit merchant, one of the hardest guys to get past on tour. And now yeah. you've, you've lost to Ethan at Bells, the eventual winner. So, I mean, do you feel like your surfing has been there and thereabouts in terms of winning in a van and putting yourself in that conversation for a, a final five finish and a shot at the title? Um, I feel like I'm getting there. Yeah. I, I have been like, I guess at the start of the year, obviously I didn't make many heats last year. Um, on the CT, I had quite a good challenger run, but, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, when it starts clicking, it's right there and just trying to figure out what the judges actually want to see and kind of giving them that. And we were Dog and I were talking a lot about the themes and stuff like that, and, and we had a few arguments, disagreements, agreements, <laughs> as you do before events, just hoping you get it right. Um, and I feel like even from the first heat, they were kind of loving what I was doing, um, and I kind of – I was feeling confident, but I wasn't, like, feeling like I was ripping, that's for sure, and they were they seemed to be kind of throwing scores at me, which, which kind of gave me a really good, um, like, boost to just – to keep doing what I'm doing and, and get the right waves. And, you know, I feel like it's really just about wave selection and putting it together when you get them. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of keep trying to push and make more finals and hopefully get a win. What do you think the judges have been really liking about your surfing? Um, 
I think just the attacking and the timing, um, like going into the lip, they, they seem to be loving that. I think every event it kind of changes a bit and just trying to pick the right thing for that event. Like Portugal, we noticed it was, you know, going like kind of a bit more next to the lip and throwing spray, but still like making it look critical. Uh, bells, just a bit more speed and like uh, attacking. And yeah, so just trying to, you know, pick apart what's what's right for that event. But um, sometimes we get it right and other times we get it really wrong. <laughs> so it's just event dependency. Yeah, it, it seems odd to me almost that, uh, you know, the way surfing is structured, the goalposts kind of shift around a bit. And, uh, yeah. you know, are the judges giving you guys a, a detailed sit-down brief before events? I mean, it just doesn't seem necessarily all that adequate to me that people are having to, to guess um, what kind of surfing is, is going to get the scores and, and, and only learn on the day once the heats start. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they, they, they send through a criteria every morning of, of like what they're looking for in the day. It's normally pretty similar. Like if it's a turns wave, if it's a barreling wave, they kind of, the barreling waves are normally pretty similar. The turns waves are pretty similar. If there's like potential for airs and big moves and stuff, they obviously highlight that. But yeah, I guess it, it, it is interesting because, you know, we work on things before the event and based on what we are hoping that they want to see. And if, and if we go and we will never know until the first day or the first round or your first heat, even if like, cause even watching, you feel like you've got it and guys are doing what you kind of were talking about. But then if you go out there and do it and they don't score you, it's like, all right, back to the drawing board before the next round. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely part of the game and it, uh, I've actually, we've been having a lot of fun with it and just kind of playing around with it, which is cool. And, yeah, hopefully we, we get it right more often. Mm. Yeah, this might sound uh, a little out of left field, but maybe in order for everyone to fully connect with where the judges are at, just just get, to get that kind of collective consciousness going, maybe the, the tool needs a giant group Wim Hof session uh, to start the day or something <laughs> like that, just so everyone's on the same level. You know what I mean, Arkel? Yeah, I reckon. Get up at, everyone up at 4am and do it in the dark on the beach. <laughs> Straighten the ice bars. <laughs> yeah, then everyone's just yeah. on the same page, starting a fresh, you know, turning over What are week. you looking for today, Pratamo? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have to ask at that point. You just fully yeah, tap yeah, into his yeah. pineal. You're on the main yeah. line. Mate, uh, yeah, so just talking about room for improvement, I mean, where have you and Dog identified some areas of improvement for yourself where you can, yeah, you know, grow a bit as the tour progresses and, and start to really work your way up into that top five? Um, yeah, I, I mean, a big one for me this year was barrel riding. I really wanted to focus on getting better at that. I feel like I was pretty good, but I maybe neglected it a bit <laughs> because I thought I was all right at it, as that happens with your strengths. You go, I'll, I'll figure that out later. But, um, you know, a lot of the waves now, pipe and Portugal, chopes, really like kind of waves that I feel like I could get good results at if I just worked on that a little bit more and um, just, you know, bringing that exciting surfing as kind of big combos going as fast as I can. Um, sometimes I feel I can look a bit one speeded. So just kind of mixing it up and, and trying to, you know, use um, the board speed just to give me a lot of variety and explosivity and, um, you know, and wave selection is always a big one for me. I feel like if I'm getting the right waves, I, I know what to do. Mm. Yeah. Barrel riding, it must be, 
hard at times to gauge where you're at in terms of the world's best because, I mean, you don't get that many opportunities to surf waves of consequence with the world's best. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see, you know, like it's not until you're out in the water with Jow Chunker uh, <laughs> that you're going like, oh, wow, like, fuck, this guy's pretty good at barrel riding too. Yeah, oh, and you just know how good a barrel feels and it can feel really good and you watch it or you come out, get spat out of a pit and you're so stoked and they go, four points, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the biggest waves, like, I was in the trials at Chokes one year and I got one of the biggest waves I've ever had out there and thought I got a pretty good one. They yelled out 3.8 and I was so rattled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, What sometimes what feels good doesn't necessarily look as good on the eye or you know as deep as you think or so just trying to yeah you know figure out how far i can push it and i mean and it's really fun too yeah it's a common story coming out of chopes you, you hear that a lot you know guys get the best freaking threes of their lives out there <laughs> yeah absolutely pipe's pretty similar to i feel like you take off on a huge one it's all scary it spits and you're like wow and they go four points and you're like oh fuck well, what am i gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, since failing to, to make the cut last year and, and going back to the Challenger Series, do you feel like there's been any major shifts or improvements? Um, to be honest, I, I, I don't feel I've changed that much. I, I always feel like I'm improving in my surfing, which is great. It's really fun. And I think just improving the surfing and improving the surfing in heats, which is one thing that you kind of never really – it's hard to replicate till you're in the heat, so just trying to get more heats – under the belt but um i think just realizing for me personally that you know going back to the challenger it felt like the end of the world at the time um but it actually wasn't as bad and as much as i want to be on the tour it's you know it's not the be all and end all for who i am and so just that kind of opened me up to you know if i fall off it it's okay i can just do the challenger again or um, you know, there's more time for free surfing trips in between events and stuff like that, where, um, which kind of just, I feel like freed me up to, to kind of do my best surfing and do what I wanted to do and took a lot of pressure off me. I just had to remind myself of that before every heat and it kind of really helped me also just kind of focusing on, on me and what I wanted to do in heats rather than what the other people were doing or just kind of finding and following the intuition and finding the flow of the what was happening in the water mm, yeah it's an interesting point you make too you know finding the the flow in heats it's a whole different caper to traditional surfing and uh you know i've heard john talk about this on a, on a podcast that you know that's the most satisfying feeling for him is is unlocking that that free surfing flow in, in a 30 minute bracket and, you know, it's like the more time you spend surfing in heats, i.e. the Challenger Series, there does seem to be uh, a bit of a pattern emerging there. And, you know, now you've got Jao Chianka, world number one. This guy's done, I don't know, what, seven years on the Challenger Series, including uh, last year with you. And um, yep. you've got yourself as well. So you guys are very much primed um, to surf heats. You're familiar with the timing and uh, just what is required to get good results, which, you know, you, you can rust very easily, it seems. Yeah. Um, I think another, like, potentially advantage on the Challenger is it goes all year. Like, when <laughs> when you fall off, it sounds horrible. You're like, oh, my gosh, i got to do this all year. And then if I get back on, it's just straight back into it. But, like, for 
um, tactical and like feeling wise, you kind of don't switch off at all where, you know, um, I'm interested to see how I go at the end of this season where I will have kind of four or five months off and just trying to stay, you know, switched on at some moments and obviously having that time off, but then re-engaging and making sure I'm as fit and healthy as possible. Um, and just, you know, yeah, like making sure I can get heat reps and, and get that feeling of actually the, the nerves of a heat putting on the rashy. It's, it's hard to replicate, but, um, yeah, you know, you were talking about John trying to find flow in the 30 minutes and just surfing heats and even just, I mean, my flow I feel like comes on the wave, but it also feels like just about decision-making and, and really, you know, doing like, is this the right decision for right now? Like talking about that heat against Griff, I was expecting him to have two eights where the flow of the heat went towards fives and just kind of being able to adapt to that and just going, mm. okay, I just need to do better that and that rather than I got to push because I think he's going to get an eight. It's like, that's not happening right now. So just kind of come back and bring it back and see what you, what needs to be done right now. That's super fascinating, man. I feel like we've uh, really hit the nail on the head there, or, or you did anyway, just making that point that, yeah, you know, after the World Tour season wraps, you have this huge layoff, and we're actually seeing a pattern start to emerge where guys who are, you know, in the top 10, the top five are, are, are falling off uh, or, or struggling to make the cut in the uh, the following season. And I guess, you know, we're, we're still figuring out all the, the various nuances of this new system, but that seems to be a pattern that's um, really emerging. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even, um, you know, it would be interesting to see the stats, but like, uh, you know, myself, Leo, Joao, um, Lob, kind of Lob didn't really get the, the opportunity last year, but like, you know, everyone kind of that was grinding it out, like Leo's made the cut, Joao's obviously in first, I've, I'm doing quite well. There's a bunch of guys that came on there that were still fired up and, and it done really well out of that 10 that came back on um and yeah there's obviously a few like you said that are down the back but uh you know they are the best in the world so i'm sure they'll be able to turn it on when they need it but yeah it would be interesting to see the stats after a few years of how many people come back on more fired up than the people that had the time off Mm, totally and now uh margs mate you're safe from the cut uh, looking at the event, the favourites are pretty obvious, obvious John Philippe and uh, Jack Robbo, but who else has been really impressing you this year and, and stands a possibility of going all the way there? Um, I mean, I feel like you could put Ethan in that picture. He did really well there last year, and his surfing is just rail to rails, just phenomenal, especially at a wave like Margaret's and Sunset. Uh, Griff obviously made the final there last year as well, so... That whole top five is pretty, pretty rock solid, I think. But um, I think there'll be a couple dark horses. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't even looked at the forecast, but this really depends <laughs> if it's massive or if it's riffable. But I mean, John's always, he's always the guy to beat out there, right? He's phenomenal. It's, it's inspiring to watch. Mm. And the box man, how, how do you like your prospects out there? If uh, we kick off. <laughs> I haven't uh, surfed a heat out there, but I've had a few free surfs. I'd, I'd love to give it a crack. With no one out, it'd be pretty sick, I reckon. But hopefully it's just not too big. It's a scary wave. But, um, yeah, I'd love to get a big cone. <laughs> and uh, and Margs too, man. Like, How do you like the look of that wave? And, and, and what sort of surfing will you be focus, focusing on to get the job done? Um, you know what? It's I, I remember having this conversation with Julian a few years ago about – like how just thinking 
Bugs maybe isn't the best wave for the tour and like that WA area just has that many good waves and they picked main break to have it at <laughs> kind of blew my mind. And I just remember him saying like, yeah, but you just always know it's going to be three to four foot. Like there's always going to be waves. It's not like, you know, even bells this last week that was unfortunately like two foot for the finals and, and kind of grindy. It's just, you just know that's going to happen at Margaret's, which is a pretty good way to look at it. I think, you know, mm. there's always going to be some juice. So I've actually grown to really like the wave over the over the years. It's it's given me some of my best performances, I think. And um, I think I'll just yeah focus on you know big solid backside surfing and just trying to <laughs> not get cleaned up by twenty footers. Mate, uh, if I could recommend, I think uh, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe twenty twelve uh, when Oki mm-hmm. made it all the way to the semis oh, yeah. and lost to uh, I think it was. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ola, uh, <laughs> I can't say his name. Olamana Elio Graham or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that cat. But uh, holy shit, for a clinic on backside surfing at main break, far out. I, I pretty much uh, wrote a novel in between his bottom turn and his backside <laughs> snap. I think it went for fucking years. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, man. Anything of Ock anywhere is fucking textbook, isn't it? Oh, textbook. <laughs> Uh, but, mate, best of luck there. Can't wait to see you perform again. So stoked uh, to see four Aussies on the dais at Bells. That was such a moment, man. And it uh, feels like we are clawing our way back into uh, being that dominant superpower on tour. Hopefully the titles uh, will start to continue or start to flow again in the men's. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. I'm stoked to be a part of it. On your R-Cow. Best of luck, brother. Cheers, Smitty. Speak to you soon. See you, mate. Bye.